0: The following audio content is a talk given at The Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. Former of my senior year, senior year in high school, we moved to Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> Um. Uh, let me see what else is important to share with you guys. I think I lived there for about five and a half years before I decided, you know, one day that I was gonna pick up and move to Seattle. <laughs> and um, but it didn't happen, you know, quite like that. I didn't just decide one day, you know. I come up here a few times. Um, I come up here a few times. And just loved the community that I saw. loved the people that I was around. I was just like, you know, and I I don't know, I just felt God really putting it on my heart to move here. And so, you know, I packed up my car and I drove across the country, Uh, which, you know, sounds completely, you know, ludicrous and crazy, as I say it out loud, just for someone to just uproot their whole life and just move, you know, simply because God said so. But, you know, that's what I did. Didn't know what I was doing when I got here, but I was just like, you know, hey, God, you know, because people ask me, like, why did you move? I was like, you know, I'm here because God told me to come. I don't know why. But, you know, hey, I'll find out when I get there, I guess. Um, But that that act of obedience, you know, it it led me to some incredible opportunities that I otherwise wouldn't have had. If I hadn't have listened to what he was saying to me, you know, like I've met some amazing people. I met you, you guys. I've, you know, had the fortunate opportunity to work in one of the, you know, greatest places on planet Earth to me. This place we call the Inn, all because I simply chose to obey God and move. Like I could have stayed, you know, like I was comfortable back home. Like you know, freaking living in Georgia is, you know, dirt cheap compared to living in Seattle. <laughs> Like, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. If I'd have known all of the struggles and hardships that I would face coming to Seattle, probably wouldn't have moved. But I'm glad I did because, you know, it, like I said, it led me to some incredible things. But that is gonna take me into our message for tonight. Um, we've been, we've been, um, going through this series uh in acts, you know, entitled Who Are We Becoming? Uh and <coughs> Ooh, shoot, I'm sorry. But uh yeah. And as I as I look at that uh that, as I look at that um it gets it got me to thinking it's like you know, okay who who am I Becoming in this community, and I, I couldn't really, I couldn't really think of who I was becoming until I like looked at who I was before. But <clears throat> Lord, there's something in my throat, you guys, and it is not okay. But yeah, but um, like I said, we've been going through Acts, and all you know, up until I'm gonna be preaching on Acts 10 and 11. Uh, but uh, up until this point, you know, I think where is it? At? The um, the whole theme of Acts is the just this triumphant spread of the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know. And <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, but yeah. And so I'm going to just jump right into. Acts 10. Right quick, I'm sorry. Hold on, you guys. But yeah. I'm we'll jump right into Acts 10. It says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing and gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three... In the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, "Cornelius." Now, let me stop right there. I look at this and I think of just the tremendous faith (laughs) that Cornelius had. You know, because I I look at I think about you know like what if this was like 21st century? (laughs) You know if i look up and just, you know, saw somebody up here. I'm going to probably need a new pair of pants after that, you know. <laughs> probably going to make a mess on myself. Let's <laughs> keep going. But Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and to bring back a man named Simon who was called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner. Whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him <coughs> when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. yeah i i it, it, it was either that or i was gonna fart it was it was gonna come out one of the one of the two ends. that <laughs> had to happen at some point <laughs> thank you liah <Leo. laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> At about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the onto the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open up. And something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Oh man, there are a number of different things I see when I look at that. But let's keep going. Then, you know, the the text goes on to say, you know, Peter while Peter was wondering about the vision, uh the men, the men that were sent for him uh found his house. Sorry. (laughs) The men that were sent for him uh, found him. And then, uh, la, 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 la. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They, uh, (laughs) Peter went down. Or, no, the spirit told Peter to go down for, you know, uh, he sent men, you know, looking for him. So Peter went downstairs to tell them, you know, hey, guys, it's me, the one you're looking for, you know, um, why have you come? And then, oh yeah, then they like go on to tell him that, hey, that, you know, Cornelius had received a vision and um, had sent for him. Uh, and then the next day, Peter goes out, you know, he's there, he's going, he brought some of his brothers with him and they are going back to um, meet Cornelius and, in his house. And uh, I think, uh, when, he, they, when the next day when they arrived, uh, he meets Cornelius. Cornelius, you know, falls down at his feet, you know, and Peter's like, no, 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 stop that, get up. You know, I'm only a man myself. And then uh, the next verse I'm going to get into, it says, talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, "You are well aware that it is against the law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile." Or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure, impure or unclean. <clears throat> and yeah, and so, oh gosh, stop it. There we go. Frick. I lost what I was going to say. Uh, but yeah. But. God showed him that he shouldn't show he shouldn't call any man in pure and appear unclean. Then uh, you know, goes on, you know the uh, tell Cornelius or Cornelius he asked Cornelius why why he sent for him. Cornelius is like, Hey, I received a vision, you know, um God told me to send for you, so I did, and it was good of you to come. Uh, because, you know, he believed that, you know, um that Peter had a great word for him and the people that he was with. Uh, 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 uh. And then uh, what's the next verse I'm going to get into? Oh, verse 34, it says, Then Peter began to speak, and now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power, and how he went around doing good, doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in this country of the Jews, And in Jerusalem, they killed him by hanging on a tree, but God God raised him from the dead and on the third day caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all, all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, he commanded to testify. He commanded and... He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Mm. Man, that's good. Hold on, you guys, because I can't see. There we go. But, yeah. And then it goes on uh, after that, you know, about how all the people that came with... Um, or no. It goes on to say that while Peter was still speaking, you know, the Holy Spirit came on all those who heard the message. And that the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then it goes on to say, you know, that can anyone keep... These people from being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then Peter stayed with them a few extra days. Oh, man. I'm just going to read one more. So, like, that's, you know, verse uh, chapter 10 right there. Then, you know, chapter 11, you know, he, he goes back to his, his home. And you know, some people are upset. You know, Peter has some explaining to do. You know, people was like, "You went where and did what to who?" <laughs> you know, and so he explains to them, you know, what happened. Told them about the vision that he had, told them about, told them about the um, Cornelius and the vision that was uh, given to him as well. And then he goes on to say in verse fifteen. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as <clears throat> as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in Jesus, who, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praise God, saying, <clears throat> so then God is granting even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Uh, man, that's crazy. And, you know, the rest of, you know, chapter 11 just, just talks about how, as a result of this, you know, thousands were saved, um, uh, yada, yada, yada. But I think I want to just go back and touch on some things that I see happening in this text. You know, just like I'm thinking about, like, um, welcome Noel. But, uh, (laughs) just some things that I see, that I see happening here. And I think about, um, like, you know, why was Peter's vision such a big deal? You know, because... I think God was redefining what it meant to be clean and unclean, you know? Like God was literally taking everything that Peter thought he knew and just turning it on his head. But <coughs> sorry. Hold on. Oh gosh, I'm too tall for this. I'm gonna hold on to this. But yeah. God was redefining what it meant to be clean and unclean, you know. And I think uh, I think of why you know Peter like had a you know why this was such a big deal because let's just I guess look at what it meant to be unclean in the Old Testament. Then yeah, I looked at this, but uh, and I wrote it down that just to give you some context behind like what it meant to be unclean at that time. It says, In the Old Testament times, the ordinary state of most things was cleanness. But a person or thing could contract a ritual uncleanness or impurity in a number of ways. By skin disease, discharges of bodily fluids. Ugh, I always hated that word, discharges. It's making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Touching something dead or eating unclean animals or food. And then... It goes on to say that an unclean person in general had to avoid that which was holy and take steps to return to the state of cleanness. Uncleanness placed the person in a dangerous condition under the threat of divine retribution or even death. Even death if the person approached the sanctuary. Uncleanness could lead to the expulsion of the land's inhabitants and its peril lingered upon those who did not undergo purification. And I look at that word, purification, and I, it was the, the process of making something spiritually or ceremonially, ceremonially clean. But the the next one also says, the removal of contaminants from a particular substance. And I look at that and... Like, I think about, you know, Peter's this confliction, you know, how all his life, you know, this this thing that he was told that was unclean is not being made clean through Jesus. And I think, um, I think, um, you know, that was hard for him because he's just like, you know, because to be or at least in that time, to be a Gentile meant being unclean, you know. And I look at just how they defined just an entire people group as just unclean people in that society. And then that just, like, got me to, got me to thinking, you know, just now that we know what it means to be unclean, just to um just like by a show of hands, you know, how many of us feel unclean? you know i I know that I do, you know, I often feel I often feel just hmm I'm sorry, I feel like I'm getting some from getting something from God. I think I need to go a different direction with that. Hmm. Alright, Jesus. <laughs> hey. gonna say you gotta let the Lord move sometimes. But where is that thing? But yeah. But I think of I think of just today's society, you know, and like thinking about, like, some things that we view as unclean in our society today. Hmm. I feel that. I'm sorry. Hold on. But, um... But yeah, just some things, like, as I look at this text and try to, you know, relate it to today's society, just like, you know, what are some things, what are some people groups that we view as unclean in our society today? And just, like, I think the, off the top of my head, as I've been talking about this, you know, with, um, with different people, just our, this, in this community alone, our homeless community, our LGBTQ community, are just, you know, Muslims, people of color, just, you know, all these different people that we as a society say is unclean. And I think of, you know, I think of just the ways that I feel unclean. Just by just because of the lies that I've told myself, you know. The lies that I've told myself and just how I guess particularly just thinking about the people in the room that you know have come that might not be Christian you know just how we feel unclean sometimes how we believe that you know and how we believe that you know we can't really be loved by Jesus because we're unclean how we can't really have a full relationship with Jesus or even come to church because we believe ourselves to be to be unclean. And then I think about just I think about, you know, like how many of us have been made unclean because of, you know, the ways that other people have treated us, you know. And just a moment of (laughs) vulnerability, I guess. Um, Growing up You know, my my mother was less than pleasant, you know, to me. She was highly abusive, both verbally and physically, you know. And just think about about the things that I could do to a kid, you know. Just like there were many nights that I actually went to bed absolutely believing that my own mother hated me, you know. That... (coughs) Here we go again. (laughs) That that um, you know, like I said, that I was unclean. You know, that I was unloved by by my own my own family, my own parents. You know, and um, I think about you know just. just a couple of, oh no, it's weird. You know, just how that just really just brought me into this state of depression and just uh, loneliness that I felt most of, most of my life. Um, Even, you know, right now, if I may be honest, you know, I've been, I've been struggling with, you know, depression for like the last couple of months which is a hard thing for me to admit up here. Um, you know, I I don't feel, you know, worthy. I don't feel, you know, truly, I don't feel clean. I don't feel like I should be up here even speaking to you right now, you know. But, but, um, I don't know, God, God, God is funny, actually. That's what he is. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, just three questions that I have for you guys. You know, it was just like, you know, how many of us have ever felt unclean as a result of the lies we tell ourselves? You know, secondly, how many of us felt unclean because of the way others treated us? But the last question that I think is a little bit harder for us to admit, is, you know, how many of us have ever made other people feel unclean? You know? Like, when I think about just... When I think about the things that we deem as unclean in our society, like I said, I I immediately think about, like, the homeless and, like I said, the LGBTQ, the, the Muslims. And... But just to touch back on the homeless, it's just like, you know, how many... How many, what's the question I want to ask right here? How many times have we disqualified the homeless simply because we believe them to be unclean? You know? How many, how many times have we chosen not to interact with, you know, um, these people that we look at as less than us, because you know we've chosen, the, the we've we've decided that they are clean, and and I look at that, you know, just like the different things that we think, like you know, like oh they could be you know doing drugs, so I don't want to interact with them. You know, like just the the I don't know, just the the way that hmm. the way that we view them uh, is you know like just this, this person that was also created in God's image is unclean, you know, simply because they're different than me. You know, and I also think about, you know, my, um, my, um, I don't know, my, my own personal conflicts because I'm not free from this either. I've made, you know, mistakes. I've made people feel unclean, you know. And I think about my relationship with my, my father, who I mentioned earlier, um, is a Muslim, you know, and just my my unwillingness to interact with him because, you know, we had two different faiths. And just the the um I don't know, just just the um I'm sorry, I'm trying not to get all emotional up here. But yeah. just the 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 <laughs> just the way that i chose not to to really love to really love him because of my own personal convictions because i believed him to be unclean you know and <clears throat> and i look at Oh, man. I look at that, you know, just, I think about that. And, I don't know, I think for for years I was cutting short, I was cutting short who Jesus was because, you know, it was like I was saying that, you know, Jesus isn't strong enough for me to interact with you. Jesus isn't strong enough for me to talk to you. You know, and... Just, I look at that now, you know, as if I can't interact with Muslims, then, you know, I had a pretty weak face. You know, my faith was, you know, weak. Because, again, like I said, you know, Jesus, you know, isn't strong enough inside of me to interact with you. You know, like, we have this idea that oh, I, I can't interact with these people because they're Muslim ways is going to rub off on me, you know. I didn't want to associate myself with my dad because that, you, you know, them out becoming the unclean thing, you know. And I don't know. It was just, <laughs> I don't know, that, that, I look at that and just the way that I treated him, you know, growing up. Just like he was this like this this plague that i couldn't that I couldn't be associated with I remember I, I, <laughs> I remember walking in, in uh, he took me to a mosque one time and like I was terrified to even like step Inside, because you know, I remember when I walked inside. I immediately started praying to Jesus. It's just like, hey, Jesus, I'm not. I promise, I ain't praying to no other god but you. You know, it's just not what it looks like. You know, <laughs> you know. I just, you know, I was, I was scared. Stop it, dang it. I was scared, you know. And I look at that, and that, that cost me. Years of relationship with my dad because I thought he was unclean, you know, and like I said, I was, I was shortchanging God for all those years. It was hard for me to enter into a relationship with my dad because I didn't think Jesus was strong enough to walk with me in that, you know, and. like I look at all of this you know this is like you know what am I like what point am I trying to get across you know with all of this what am I trying to say what is the text saying to us and to me the the text is really saying that that um, oh there we go again I'll wait look, things out <laughs> that's the devil right there <laughs> the devil tried to set you up when well, you know you're about to make a good point. But um it's just I think like what do, what do I want you to know tonight? What what is the text telling us? And to me um, the the text is is saying to me that, that I look at the text and say, you know, that, that same Jesus that died for Peter also died for Cornelius. That, you know, that I, look, looking back in the text, is that, you know, it said that Jesus does not show favoritism. You know, Jesus loves and accepts everybody. You know, you know and, um, uh, I look at that and I think what do I think you guys you guys should know come on tell me mm-hmm. what am I thinking what am I trying to say but like I said Jesus Jesus died for all of us you know is I think the the one of the main points that I want to make tonight and that Jesus loves all of us, all of us the same. You know, like those this homeless community that we uh, that we choose not to interact with. The you know LGBTQ, the different people of color, the Muslims. Like Jesus died for all of us and loves all of us the same. You know, and I think, come on, you guys. What do I think? I think that um, that um, Jesus is Jesus is bigger than these lines that we create Jesus is bigger than these um, dividers that we put up in between us and other people and you know That um, That Jesus Brings us all together What we make unclean He says is clean You know That You know just for those people that in the room That might feel unclean As a result of you know the lies You've told yourself The, the way people have made you feel You know That You're saved. You know, you're clean because Jesus made it that way. You know, you're clean. You're good. You're redeemed. And all that equals that you are saved. And I know that I know that um, you guys should be reading my mind right now. But yeah, no. Like I said, you just one of the one of the byproducts of this our uh, feelings of uncleanness is just that you know we're not we're not worth it. But I dare say that that the the cross, or not the cross, but... um. But um, just the the cross of Jesus You know The cross of Jesus Christ tells us that we are worth it That we are, again, that we are saved We are clean You know (coughs) Sorry And that Who cares And that I don't know We are What's the word I'm looking for? I lost it, you guys That Jesus loves us and died for each and every one of us. You know, is the main point. I think, and the other point that I wanted to point out, you know, is that that as I look at the text, you know, I look. One of the first things I notice is that the obedience of, you know, Peter and Cornelius. You know that I dare say that their act of obedience really changed the, you know, whole culture of the first century church, you know, that yeah. Peter's life was changed, you know, by what God had shown him. And the community was changed around Peter by the way that Peter learned how to see the world differently. And that's one of the things I want for us you know, for this community to be changed by the way that we learn to see the world differently. You know, just thinking, just, I don't know, is that like, I look at I look at Peter and Cornelius and it's like how their acts of obedience just changed everything. And I think of of us and this whole idea of like who are we becoming. It leads me to some questions. It's just like, you know, what if God told us to do something, and we just obeyed. You know, we just said, yes, Lord, and did what it was that he wanted us to do. Just how many people could be saved in this community? How many people could be, like, you know, just accepted into this community if we chose to obey the word of God? I promise I'm going to stop doing that. (laughs) I promise. Or maybe not. I don't know. I got a few more in me, I think. But, but, um, but yeah, like, Peter could have denied what God was showing him, and they would have missed out on so much. But because of that simple act of obedience, you know, the thousands would go on to be saved and so on and so forth and <coughs> and that's this you know that's was part of one of the things that this text is telling us it doesn't matter you know wh- where you come from what you look like, who you are what you've done you know that Jesus is bigger than all of that you know that Jesus redefined what it means to be clean and unclean and <clears throat> sorry and that Jesus like glossing over all of these different um these you know people that that look different than us here yeah. and I, I i think about it. I was um talking to talking to uh to third last week, and I was just telling him how. Uh, like a thought popped into my head about how, you know, that this old commercial, like, uh, the, uh, those cotton commercials that talk about, you know, like the fabric of our lives. I don't know if anybody remembers those commercials. <laughs> I thought they were always catchy. You know, I'm not going to sing. I know Mary Grace really wants that, but I'm not going to do it. But, um, <laughs> I think I, I relate that to Jesus and how I was telling him how, you know, Jesus is the fabric of our lives. Yeah, and that how Jesus, you know, is that is that thing that ultimately brings us together and this really intertwines us. <coughs> and that... And that... He he loves each and every one of us and will pursue us to the ends of the earth. And that... Um, I don't know, like I think of, I think of, um, this, my, my struggle with depression uh, as of recently. And, you know, we, I honestly don't feel, like I said, qualified to even stand up here and, and tell you what, you know, real life with Jesus looks like. But I think this is what, one of the things that I hope it looks like, you know, I, I, I believe, or it is my hope that real life with Jesus um, just really looks like, like this, like a God, a Jesus that will follow us to the ends of the earth, that will pursue us, you know. And just as a community for us, you know, some of this couple of questions that, you know, I have for you guys, you know, going out is that, you know, what if we love like Jesus loved? What if we pursued people the way Jesus pursued us? You know, how many more people could come and be saved and be made to feel clean? Uh, I've been up here talking for a long time, and apparently it's time for me to wrap it up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just want you to think about those things. Um, but... Mm. Just want you guys, like I said, just want you guys to know that um, Jesus loves you uh, and that I love you deeply. And I really appreciate you (laughs) allowing me to get up here and ramble on about, you know, a whole lot of everything for, you know, 20, 30 odd minutes. (laughs) But uh, all right, it's time to wrap this thing up. Jesus, just thank you so much for who you are in our lives. Um, we thank you that in the midst of, you know, these things that we believe separate us, you bring us all together and that you accept everybody just the same that no one man is better than the other and just really really appreciate um just this community and just who they've been to me and the ways they made me feel loved in the midst of just my never had you feeling loved just throughout my life um thank you jesus i pray that um Something stuck with you know everyone tonight, and that we can go forward and just really go out and love this community that um, we get to call our own. In Jesus' name, Amen.